0: Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You may be seated. The Lord gets all the praise and He gets all the glory. It's not important that you remember that I was here. It's important that we always remember the Lord is here. I want to save. Um, Some of my remarks that I would say towards Dean and Amy, many of you that are here, may may they be expressed from my spirit in the sharing of the word of the Lord. Our time is limited, but what the Lord wants to get done, accomplished in you and in me will be supernatural, so time is no factor. You can do it in a moment. But today is Abba Father's Day too. Every day is Abba Father's Day. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, through Jesus, would be saved. For God so loved the world that whosoever doesn't save the church, although we know he loves the church. And instructs us as husbands to love our wife like Christ loved the church. Something I'm learning to do. 42 years learning to do. I've never been more in love with my wife than I am today. But I've had to learn, and I'm learning. He didn't say the church. He didn't say the believers Throughout Scripture, he talks about his love for his children. That he poured out upon them, that he lavishes them with love. John talks about his love for his people. But he said the world. Now, we're included in the world. But it's deliberately talking about the rebellious, the wayward. Those outside of the household Of faith that do not know Jesus for one reason or another, that have no idea of the love of God. It doesn't matter the excuse or what nation they're in, but it's the world that's alienated from God. For God so loved the world, He gave Himself, He gave His only begotten, His loved. Beloved Son, to die for the sins of humanity. So that man would no longer be a stranger, a foreigner, alienated and separated from God the Father, but could now call him Abba Father, could now be invited into the family. It's not a club, it's a family. It's not a denomination, it's a family. All God wanted was a family. He created a garden for his family. He created a safe place for his family. He gave them everything for their personal enjoyment because he wanted someone to have fellowship with. For God so loved, we talk about the Garden of Eden, and we talk mostly about the reason why they had to leave the garden and not the reason why the garden was created in the first place. Abba Father wanted a family. And the heart of God is not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants a family. You are a church family. We're here in four walls. But the family of God has no walls. It has no borders. It has no political persuasion. It is the body of Christ. The body of Christ and we are his family. But he loved the world so much that he sent his son. The greatest manifestation of the love of the Father, the greatest demonstration was that he gave his son. Jesus is the manifestation, the tangible, the enjoyable, the relationship. He's the manifestation. He became flesh and dwelt among us to show us the love of the Father. He did not come to cast stones, to point fingers, to manage the sin of the world, he came to deliberately liberate the world from their sin. And as the Father had sent him, so send I you, he says. All that Jesus is, so are we in the world today. We're the family of God. But God did everything he could to reach humanity to show this amazing love of the Father that is endless. That is unconditional to draw people to himself for fellowship. I want to be so transparent today. And the reason why I do, because I'm going to be healed today. Another level of spiritual transformation and reformation by sharing my journey in my heart with you. I love to preach I had 61 PowerPoint slides for today. I love to teach. I ignore the clock. I have an eternal gospel. But that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to display any gifts or training or abilities or passions. But to do the hardest thing that's just reveal my heart, it's not easy. I wanted to dress right. I got shoes so I'd fit in and look younger. I wanted everything to be right because Dean and Amy are beloved to us beyond words. They mean so much. I didn't want to do anything that would in any way take you from where you're going on a journey. But may the grace of the Lord Jesus Paul says, and the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the year 2000, I just finished a campaign called Mission to All the World. 220 denominations joined in. $100 million donated to reach the world for Jesus. Kathy and I, two nations... A day in a plane going from nation to nation. 59 international offices to evangelize the world. Speakers, pastors from all over the world that gave up time to join us in the nations of the world. We were a part of that. And when it was all over, we celebrated the goodness of God of seeing people come to know Jesus and pastors trained. But when it was all over... And I said, Lord, what's next? Because there's always been something in me. I would do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ. It would be easier to die for him than to live for him. And nine years old at a Christ ambassador's meeting. That's an assembly God youth rally. You're not supposed to be there when you're nine, but my dad was a pastor. I could get in. An altar call was given and I walked the altar at nine years old and I took my father's hand and I said go with me I gave my life at nine years old I don't say that to say that makes me special I just thank God that I was introduced early then I remember a few years later praying in the back of the church when there was no one there by the baptismal tank and I made a prayer God I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll say whatever you want me to say and I'll do whatever you want me to do. I don't know how I prayed that prayer but I know I meant it and that prayer took Kathy and I know over 110 countries of the world, many of those countries 80, 90, Russia 120 sometimes. I don't say that in any way to boast or draw attention, but to tell you that I was driven to show God that I loved him. Such a performance-based mindset that the way that I prove my love for God is by my doing. I placed myself, my family, and many of you under such demand because I wanted to do more. We were never doing enough. The church I pastored, if I said I wanted to have a barbecue, they'd bring in a herd of buffalo. They would do anything because they loved their pastor. I come from a good upbringing, the best upbringing. Never heard my dad cuss. I never heard my parents yell or argue. Man, I just wanted my dad to cuss one time. I pushed him, I tried. Because he was a Jesus I was able to know and he was revealing the love of the Father but I did not know how to receive it from my own dad. I'm only now learning to receive the love of my own father. I'm not telling you I don't love people. I love people so much but the way I could show you I love you, I'll paint your house. I'll wash your car. I'll stay up all night with you at the hospital. That's my love language. I want to do something. You put me under demand and I'm very happy with demand. But you asked me to take supply. You asked me to take supply. You asked me to receive. I can never take offerings for myself. I can never ask for anything. I don't say that is false humility. I say it's stupid. I was ignorant. I had a block inside of me of not being able to receive from other people the supply that God had in them for me. Because I want to do more for you than you could ever do for me. Once again, I do not say this in any way to display anything of good. I, this is not a good thing to have. But it led me into over 110 countries. I told the Lord we'd go to the end of the earth. The end of the earth for me, geographically, was Russia. In a place called Siberia. A city called Krasnyar, Siberia. Hallelujah. Kathy and I would go back and forth twice a month. Because that was the end, of the, the end of the world. And I had to go to the end of the world to demonstrate my love for the Father. We ministered there and thank God despite that I was performance-based, that it was my motivation to do it, to show God that I love him. There's a great, wonderful ministry there, despite that it was self-work and self-effort under demand. And I put demand on other people to do the same thing. When I got to Siberia, someone came to me and said, Siberia is not the end of the world geographically. I said, what do you mean? They said, Iceland is... I booked a ticket to Iceland, spent one year in every city working to get the gospel into the hands of every person of Iceland. This is not a boastful statement. This is me telling you that sometimes we're more interested in our service than the relationship. We're more interested in serving him than in really knowing and receiving his love. It was my love language. Oh, we need to serve, and I serve, but now I serve out of a different reason. I recognize, I begin to learn I have a problem. Being a part of the Warren family was a wonderful experience. We used to have a whistle. We still do. It's five generations now. And when my dad would give a whistle, I would feel a part of my dad's family. I remember... He would do it and I would be in playing a game in sports or on the campus with my friends and they would all say, who's that? They would see me look and run to my father and they would say, that's his dad. His, his dad and him have this whistle thing going on. But what was happening, it would illuminate my heart. That whistle would make something inside of me stand up and say, I'm a part of something. My dad would show love to me. He would tell me of his love, but it was so awkward for me. He was a pastor. It was awkward for me as a boy, for my dad to say, I I love you, son. I didn't know how to say, Dad, I, I love you back. I didn't know how to do that. I don't know why. I don't know where this came from. There's no one to blame but myself. I just didn't know how to receive my father's love. I remember as a little boy going to have an assembly of God children's camp. And I was all excited to leave home for the first time. And my mom had the car all warmed up and she was going to drive me to the bus to get on the bus with the kids to go to camp. And I'm in the car and out of the door, my dad came running. And mom stopped the car and she said, son, dad wants to give you a hug and tell you he loves you before you leave. We didn't get to say goodbye to dad I looked at my dad. My door was closed, and he was standing there ready to embrace me, and I knew what that meant. And something welled up inside of me. I needed to show my dad I'm strong, that I'm here for him. He doesn't need to be here for me. And I'm like eight years old, and I get out of the car, and my dad puts his arms out to give me a big embrace, a big hug. And I did to him what I did for so many years, father, I stuck out my hand for a handshake My dad looked in my eyes I'll never forget He looked at me expecting to be able to give me a hug and a kiss goodbye but it was my way of saying dad I got this I'm going to camp now I'm I'm growing up I'm I'm your big son you can count on your boy dad and I put my hand out my dad Came down to my level and he reached out and he gave me a handshake. I saw tears in the corner of his eye. I get in the car and my mom looks at me like, you idiot. But she looked at me like, well, what's wrong? We drove to camp. I went to camp. I couldn't. I couldn't get out of my mind, my dad's eyes and the love that I knew that was being manifested from my own earthly father. Some of you, you, you never received that. You didn't have that kind of home. You didn't have that kind of upbringing. And it probably makes it more difficult for you or challenges you more so to receive the love of the father, especially when we live in a culture that is trying to change who God is and how God is and what he does trying to make him into something else. When God is love, not only does he love, but he is love. This is what true love is. Went to camp, couldn't enjoy myself. They put me on a top bunk. My bunk was next to the window. Outside the window was the forest. Every wild creature was looking at me all night long. The trees would move their arms. Animals were trying to break into my room. I just knew it. I cried myself to sleep for two nights. Finally, I went to the camp counselor and said, I need to go home. My parents had to come pick this baby up. Couldn't even finish camp. I wasn't the big guy I thought I was. But I found myself throughout life kind of doing the same thing to God. I'd rather give him my service than receive his love. I wanted to give him love. I wanted my love to be something he received because it's in the Bible. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. I started preaching in this region of California as a young man. in The high schools, High school auditoriums to the convention center here in Sacramento. Kathy and I were on television with Channel 42. And if you remember the old days, John Paul would say, you've got to love God more. You've got to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and your neighbor as yourself. That verse would haunt me because no matter how hard you try, come up short. (laughs) And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. The unmerited favor of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But many times in Charismatic Pentecostal circles. We've changed the character of the Holy Spirit as the one that exposes your sin to the believer rather than the one that reveals we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and the world of judgment, but it is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit as we fellowship with him to do Romans 5 and 5 to pour out to pour out the love of the Father upon our heart. When the scriptures say love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit and your neighbors, yourself it was after the crucifixion it was written but about events before the crucifixion. It's impossible to do that. That was a thou shall love the Lord thy God. It was under the forms of Judaism and the law. It was not under grace. But Jesus came. And made the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit The Trinity is at work to bring about a family. And it takes the Trinity and the character and the giftings and the function of the Trinity to bring us into an intimate receiving of the love of the Father. Not where we love Him, but like John says, We don't love him. It's because he first loved us that we love him. We love him out of the love that he loves us with. May this go into your spirit and bring a healing to you. This is what repentance is. Not confession. This is what repentance is. Right believing where our minds are changed. People are crying out for revival and we always go so far and we stop and we don't know why. Because we're more comfortable, many of us, at God at a distance rather than God up close. The children of Israel were that way. They saw him in the fire, in the smoke, in Moses. You go find out what he's about. And the Bible says they backed up They withdrew and they worshiped the creator. They worshiped him at a distance. But Moses and Joshua would go to the mountain and draw near and draw close. If we're going to see the nations of the world transformed by the love of God, by the manifestation of Jesus, then we, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, must be able to draw near and learn. (laughs) Learn to receive. Oh, it's easier to be under demand. We live in a world full of demands. Life is filled with demands. But once we learn, and it's a learning experience, For me, a long one. But as we learn to rely and draw on the everlasting, inexhaustible supply of the love of God, as we do, we no longer, like children, emulate God. But rather, we manifest God. There's a difference between emulation and manifestation. People say, teach me how to apply the word after every sermon. We need to wear bracelets. What would Jesus do? We write down the character of his life and then we go do those things. I'm talking about something more transformative More intimate than emulation. And that is spiritual transformation that only comes. I'm not talking about praying more. I'm not talking about doing more. I'm not talking about reading your Bible more. All those things are wonderful. But stop, pause, learn to draw on the love of the Father, the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, not the fear of judgment as the body of Christ, but the goodness of God as we see His goodness, not the circumstances. The goodness of God, the love of the Father. He starts to pour it out, the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit as charismatics for power. Power. And you shall receive power. We want the power. We don't talk much about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, which is the byproduct. It's a fruit because the seed is planted and it begins to manifest in you Christ in you, the hope of glory. Israel, God at a distance. Why did Jesus come? I, I love doing it in Muslim nations, in crusades, to stand up in front of unbelievers and to tell them why Jesus came. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to seek and to save all that are lost. Boy, I feel boldness and anointing when I would do that. But I'm here to tell you something else. All those reasons are so vital and important. He came for a a very important reason. He came to reveal the very name of the Father. Jesus came to the world to introduce the world to his Abba Father. His Papa, Daddy. Religious people squirm at the thought. I love all the Hebrew words about God. They all have significant meanings. The provider, the Almighty One, our healer. But Jesus came to reveal another name. The book of John is all about the other name. Jesus said, I did not come to reveal myself. I didn't come to say anything other than what the Father permits me to say. I didn't come to do anything different than the Father wanted me to do. Please, in the name of Jesus, may this come to you by revelation and belief, with excitement to know why Jesus came. Because in this lies your eternal purpose and your own spiritual destiny. Jesus came to say to the world to the Jews, to the Gentiles, His father. They knew him as fire and smoke. They knew the God of judgment and justice. They were given the law by Moses, Jesus brought grace and truth, but they needed the law which enticed them to sin according to Scripture because they said we could do it on our own, in our own strength. And they wanted to worship God at a distance. And God sent Jesus so that we could worship and receive from him and draw near And be up close. Jesus in Mark's gospel has gathered the disciples, the apostles. They all want to go out like John Paul, like me. Preach the gospel. Fulfill your pledge as a child. Tell the world about Jesus. Good. Important. It's in the scriptures. Go into all the world but not under demand. You go under supply. And here's the disciples with the same struggle. They're ready to go. They're ready to do, especially Peter. Man, he's ready to go. Sword and all. Ready to go. But Jesus stops and he says, I want to be with you before I send you out. I am so guilty standing before young people, sending them out, calling them to the nations. And yet not recognizing the value, even though I had a prayer life, devotional life, I loved to fast and pray. I would fast and pray and then fast and pray again. Because I had to get a hold of the altars of the Lord to be good enough to go out and do for him and all Jesus wanted he didn't want my activity he didn't want my doing the law is do, do, do but grace is receive receive I had the privilege of speaking at the University of Texas and I enjoy I I consider myself like a university pastors. well we've had 9700 university students in our home for dinner the last five years and we cook the dinner. And we love university students. They had me on Segal de Mile for the whole university. I was the only speaker and I'm not Latin. Do you know why I was there but I knew the Lord opened the door and I talked about a love a love worth finding. Because you can't make love outside of marriage. Making love is for inside of marriage, between a husband and a wife. And we're not to love our wives in an erotic way. We're to love our wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. And how do we do that as men? How do we love our wives like Christ did I always ask the Lord, why isn't the wife commanded to love? Even though they're loving, why isn't the wife supplying that under demand? Because God had a better plan. She's made to receive. Her body's made to receive. She's a recipient of love. And when the man loves her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, how is that possible? Not a brotherly love. Not an erotic love. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord. The love there was love like my brother. Peter, do you love me? The second time, you know I love you affectionately like a brother. Peter, he said, do you really love me? In the Greek, affectionately like a brother. Do you really love me that way? And he says, you know I love you like a brother. It wasn't this unconditional love of the Father, this intimate affection and love. It was the love of a brother. So much more could be given that Peter could receive.
1: It was a journey
0: for Peter. Still Jesus said, feed my sheep. Still Jesus, feed my sheep, Peter. Because he knew Peter was on a journey today in this service I'm so honored to be here with friends family and with your pastors but I'm telling you there is a love worth finding and discovering and it's available and you can draw on it because when we just display love brotherly love it will never change the world. When we do it towards our children, or towards our spouse, it doesn't have the transforming effect. But when we receive the love of the Father because we draw near to Him, like John the Beloved put his head on the breast of the Lord Jesus, and he knew he was beloved by God, Peter would observe it, but John experienced it. When we pause in this life to not just one time receive the love of the Father, but daily receive the supply, he is our daily portion. He's our manna from heaven, the bread of life. And when we feast on Jesus, when we feast on the love of the Father, It moves us into manifesting the love of the Father. The world's in need of this. It will never happen any other way. It's the way the Trinity functions together. You can't reveal grace without the love of the Father. You can't just take and embrace a few of the traits of the Holy Spirit And display His power and His joy, and not display His love. The lavish love of the Father is something that's poured out. And if you're anything like me, or have experienced anything like I'm telling you, I've I've experienced after going to 110 nations of the world, and then when it's all done, everybody looked and said, "What's next?" And I went in and had a private time with the Lord. The most shocking thing I ever heard, and I don't hear his voice many times, I feel the impact of his love all the time. But I heard him say to me, something I've never said publicly, but to my wife and those close and dear to our family, the Lord said to me, he says, John Paul, I'm going to teach you grace. It's the year 2000. And I says, what, Lord? I'm going to teach you grace. He said, you have grace for others. You demonstrate grace for the lost. But I said, you don't know grace for yourself. Welcome, welcome to RLC.